Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning. We'll turn to the book of John. John chapter 13 this morning. John chapter 13. It's good to see you all in church this morning. Looking forward uh, to a great day. I have enjoyed uh, the service already this morning. Enjoyed that Sunday school lesson uh, this morning. And, uh, and uh, enjoyed the music this morning already. And looking forward to what the Lord has for us uh, from His Word today. John chapter number 13. And we'll take one verse of Scripture from this chapter as our text verse this morning. Uh, I enjoy... Uh, studying uh, the book of John. I, I enjoy, obviously, uh, spending time in the Word of God. The, the Gospels are uh, the Holy Spirit revealing the Lord Jesus Christ to us and uh, giving us exactly uh, the, the information that we need to understand who Jesus is. And uh, the book of John uh, has a specific task of showing Jesus Christ in His deity, that He is God in the flesh. And uh, I, I thank the Lord uh, that, uh, that God didn't send a surrogate, but he came himself, and he lived among men, and he gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. I thank God for that. Jesus was not just a good man, though he was the best man that's ever walked the face of the earth. He was not just a good man. He was all man, but he was, is all God. And he still is today, uh, God, and uh, I thank God for that. Now, we come to John chapter number 13, and as you uh, read through the book of John and study through the book of John, in John chapter 13, we're in the last few days of the Lord Jesus Christ's earthly ministry here before he is to go to the cross of Calvary, before he is to give himself a sacrifice and to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, for the sins of mankind. Uh, it, this chapter begins with an emphatic de declaration of the love that Jesus had for his disciples. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse number 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world. He loved them unto the end. Here we find this declaration of the love that Jesus Christ had for those who followed him while he was in his earthly ministry. And yes, the love that he has for you and the love that he has for me today. The Bible says that Jesus loved them unto the end. Just a cursory reading of that verse, many would think that Jesus loved those who were on the earth and those that had followed him until the time that he would die on the cross and he would give his life for them. The end of his earthly ministry. But I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not what that verse is telling us. Because Jesus is eternal God. There is no end of time. I was listening this week and talking to my son Damon. We were riding in the truck together and if I'm in the truck and my truck's working properly, I'm usually listening to music. And a song came on about spending time in heaven. A song you would know of as 10,000 years will just be started. And I 
I was talking to Damon. I said, you know, we as humans, we talk in realms of time when we talk about heaven. But there is no time with God. He is, always has been, always will be eternal. He's not bound by time. So when the verse of Scripture says he loved them unto the end, does not mean that there's an end to the love of God. It means that he's loved us to the uttermost. That word uttermost means to the nth degree. As far as far can be, Jesus loves us. Jesus is eternal. There is no end of time. His love will always endure. I'm glad when friends pass away and families leave us and uh, those that we care about may disown us, there is one thing that will remain true, that Jesus loves you. Now, I'm not just talking to Christians this morning. I'm talking to everybody in the room. I'm not talking just to those who have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to anyone that may hear uh, uh, what I'm saying this morning. Jesus loves you this morning. His love will always endure. When friends forsake you, the love of Christ endures. When families may disown, the love of Christ endures. When uh, those who are closest to us uh, leave us and are no longer with us uh, through death, uh, the love of Christ endures. Jesus not only is eternal, but he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. That means that there's nowhere that you can go to get away from the love of God. There's no place on this earth. There's no place where the love of God is not. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus loves those who have rejected him and are burning in hell today. They are not outside the love of God. They simply did not receive the love of God. He loved them. And still loves him, them because his love endures. His love does not change. If he loves someone who died, if he, if he stopped loving someone when, he died and, when they die and go to hell, that means he'd have to change who he is. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just because someone rejects the love that Jesus has for them does not mean that he does not love them. His love still endures. There's no place that you can go where the love of God is not there. There is no distance that can take us from his love. I turn to Romans chapter number 8. And I begin reading in verse number 31. If you'd like to turn and read with me, you're welcome to. The Bible says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us. And let me just say this morning, God is for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely, also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, praise the Lord, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded this morning? Man, I am persuaded this morning. The apostle was persuaded by the Holy Spirit of God. For I am persuaded that neither death, do you hear that? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This morning I'm here to tell you that you are loved to the uttermost this morning. There is no place that you can go where the love of God cannot reach. There is no uh, distance that you can get away from the Lord that God's love does not follow you there. Hey, listen, I'm telling you this morning that when the prodigal was in the far country away from the father, he had not escaped the love of his father. Because when he at rock bottom, the first person he thought about was his father that was back home, sitting on the porch, waiting for him to come back. He knew he'd be there. He knew he could always go back to his father because his father loved him. And he cared about him. Hey, there's no place that you can go. You can't get so far away from God that you'll get away from his love. He loves you this morning. This morning we are loved to the uttermost. But we've been saved a while now. We've been in church a while now. And we forget how much Jesus loves us so many times. We need to get back to singing those songs we used to sing in Sunday school. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. There's not one person that's ever walked the face of the earth that Jesus does not love. There's no person that you can go up to and begin talking to and to share with them the love of Jesus Christ that you're sharing with the wrong person. Because Jesus loves all of us. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, God loves you this morning. There's not one person that God does not love, and He loves us to the uttermost. There is no place where the love of God cannot reach. This morning, because we are loved to the uttermost, there are some things that can be true and are true in our lives. See, the love of God is the greatest force known to anyone. There is no greater force than the love of Christ. The Bible says, for the love of Christ constrains us. That word constrains, it means to force us. When we get an understanding of the love of Christ, it'll do some things in our life. It'll make a difference. I think I'm getting in a little bit back into the Sunday school lesson this morning, but when we, we understand the love of Christ and we begin to love Him back, it changes us a little bit, a lot bit, amen. I know that's not good English, but it's good preaching. This morning, because we are loved to the uttermost, I want us to notice a few things. Because we're loved to the uttermost, we can be saved to the uttermost. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 7, verse number 25, in the first part of that verse, the Bible says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Let me just say this morning, there is no other way to God than through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no way to be reconciled unto God but through the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that he had for you and he has for me. That love is what sent Jesus to the cross. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That love was demonstrated by the gift that God gave to mankind in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and rose again the third day. That finished work of Calvary is a demonstration of the love of God. And the Bible says that he is able to save to the uttermost them that come to God by him. This morning I want to remind us of something. That Jesus loves To save sinners. There is nothing that he would rather do than to save a lost soul that is bound by sin and on its way to hell. This morning, if you can ever get to a place in your Christian life that you forget where you were when Jesus found you, you're in a bad place as a Christian. When you, can, when you get to a place in your Christian life where you have everything together and you forget how uh, broken and how uh, battered you were by sin, you say, well, Brother Montgomery, I grew up in church when I got saved. So did I. I grew up in church too. I was, 16 year, I was a 16-year-old pastor's kid who was living a fake life. I told everybody the right things. I was, I was going and sharing the gospel with other people and handing out gospel tracts. But I had never received the gift of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ on a personal basis in my own heart and my own life. I was bound by sin. I was on my way to hell. Let me just tell you, I wasn't living a life that everybody thought would be a bad life at that time. I certainly was not perfect because there's nobody that's perfect. We're all sinners, the Bible says. But I remember the night that I got saved. And you're not saved by feeling, let me just say this. You're not saved because of something you feel or don't feel. That's not what saves you. Salvation comes when you place your faith upon the Son of God and what He did for you on the cross of Calvary. When you make that choice to trust Jesus Christ and Him alone for your eternity. That's what brings about salvation, not some feeling. But I will never forget that weight that was lifted off of my shoulders that night. When I realized that I was lost and on my way to hell, but there was a God in heaven who loved me. And though I had disgraced his name by naming his name and telling everybody that I was okay, and though I had mocked his name by testifying that I was a Christian when I was not, He still loved me. And he forgave me. And he lifted my burdens at Calvary. And he gave me a life to live to honor and glorify him. And he saved me to the uttermost. You know what that means, being saved to the uttermost, Brother Cruz? It means there's nowhere that we can go or nothing we can do to get rid of it. (laughs) I love that. There's nothing that we can do to lose 
The gift of salvation that Jesus Christ has given to us. Oh, I'm not perfect, and I've failed the Lord since I got saved, but there's nothing that I can do that will take my salvation away from me. Because the Bible tells me that I am in his hand, and his hand is in the Father's hand, and no one can pluck us out of his hands because he and his Father are one. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But y'all just bear with me this morning. I'm just overwhelmed this morning by the love of God who had saved me And he'd save you, by the way. If you're saved this morning, you're only saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And once it's done, praise the Lord, it's done. And we are saved to the uttermost. Jesus loves to save us. He longs to save. He's paid sin's debt in full. Everything has been done. We simply must come to God by him. This morning, if someone were to generously purchase you tickets to go to Hawaii, the hotel is paid for. Every meal has been arranged. Everything has been paid. You simply must go get on the right plane. Come on now, listen to me. You don't get to choose the plane you go on. You have to go on the correct plane. Because if you don't get on the right plane, you're not going to end up at the right destination. Your ticket's not going to be paid for because it's specific to that ticket. When you get to your destination, the hotel, you got to go to the right one. You can't just pick which hotel you want to go to. You've got to one to go to the one that's been paid for. You with me this morning? There's only one way that we get to heaven. Y'all have to bear with me a little bit, but I can't stand idiots. And I more than just can't stand idiots, I can't stand ones that desecrate the word of God. And try to tell people that there are many ways which they can get to heaven. There is but one way that we get to heaven. And that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And him alone. There is no other way. You can't be good enough. I can't be good enough, certainly, to get to heaven. There's only one way we get to heaven, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The fact that he is God, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again the third day, proving he is who he said he was. And becoming our great high priest and paying for our sins with his own blood in heaven. This morning, we are saved to the uttermost because we are loved to the uttermost. Man, thank God for the love of God that he has for me. He has that same love for each of us because there's not one person this morning who God does not love. You say, well, you don't know my past. I don't have to know your past. In fact, I don't want to know your past. You don't have to confess anything to me. God loves you. Well, you don't don't know what's going on. You don't know what somebody else has done to me. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you this morning. And because he loves you, To the uttermost, and there's nowhere that you can get where God does not love you.
you can be saved to the uttermost this morning. You're here this morning, you've never accepted the gift of salvation. I'm, I'm not saying you're not a church member, because church membership doesn't get you to heaven. I'm saying this morning, you've never, between you and God, you've never put your faith and trust in the finished work of Calvary. You've never accepted Jesus Christ and the finished work that he died on the cross for your sins. You've never accepted him as your Savior this morning. You can accept him today because he loves you. He's provided salvation for you. And when you receive that salvation, not only are you loved to the uttermost, but now you're saved to the uttermost. This morning, not only because of the love that Jesus Christ has for us and the fact that he loves us to the uttermost, can we be saved to the uttermost, but we also can be secured to the uttermost. When we receive that salvation, we are secured to the uttermost. This is where I got a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. The second part of Hebrews chapter number 7, we read the first part a minute ago. It says, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him. The verse goes on to say, seeing he ever liveth. <laughs> the eternal God of heaven ever liveth. And the Bible here gives a purpose that he's still living. He ever liveth to make intercession for them. I'm glad to know this morning that that God who loves me, Jesus who loves me to the uttermost, he loved me enough to save me to the uttermost, but he also loves me enough to secure me to the uttermost. And he ever liveth to make intercession on my behalf. Let that sink in for a moment. The same Jesus who died on the cross for our sins to provide the gift of salvation. You would think that that would be enough. At he gave us salvation. How could he ever do more? But he ever liveth and he maketh intercession for us because he knew that we'd still be bound in our sinful flesh. He knew that though he loved us so much and we received that gift of salvation, we received the payment for our sins, we would still be bound in our sinful flesh. He knew that we would fail him. Think about that for a moment. But he loved us in spite of that. <laughs> Most of us as human beings, we love people for what we can get out of them. Until we start living life like God, that's how we're going to love. We love people for what we can get out of them. That's not why God loves us. He loves us in spite of us. And the Bible tells us that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Here in, our, in Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, verse number 39, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. In verse number 34, that's the verse I was trying to get to. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? who also maketh intercession for us. Think about that for a moment. Jesus is in heaven right now. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And I'll just use myself as an example because I know you probably would never fail the Lord. 
But when I fail the Lord and I sin against God, Jesus is right there at the right hand of God the Father. It says, Father, it's paid in full. It's been prepaid for. When he accepted me that day as a 16-year-old young man, my blood covered him and everything has been paid for. I'm glad that there's a God in heaven who loves me. Jesus is seated at his right hand and he says, Father, it's paid for. And he intercedes on my behalf. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 1, My little children, these things write, unto, write I unto you, that you sin not. He said, listen, I'm writing these things unto you because I don't want you to sin. You need to stay away from sin. Let me just say this morning, Christians, we need to stay away from sin. These things have been written for us that we sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He stands up as our advocate, pleading on our behalf. And all he has to do is show the evidence of his blood. And the case is settled. This morning, I'm glad that we are secured to the uttermost. Not only because we are loved to the uttermost, are we saved to the uttermost? Can we be saved to the uttermost? Can we be secured to the uttermost? But let me say, as a Christian, we are supplied to the uttermost. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 20 and 21, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. Hey, I'm just saying this morning that he is able. He is able. He is able. I'm not able. You're not able. But he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. We sit back. We're never going to get all 250 of those blocks up there. We're never going to double the number of people in the church. Why? The only reason it will not happen is if we do it in our own power. Because we're not able. But he's able to do exceeding, that means over a million dollars. Hello. Abundantly. That means over doubling. 
the number of people in the church. Above all that we ask or think. And by the way, for all the naysayers out there, even more than pastor can think. Well, his dreams are too big. They're not bigger than our God. His vision's too large. Not bigger than our God. And don't, by the way, don't let me hear you talk like that. Because I'm not as sanctified as some of you are. And I'm just liable to say the wrong thing or possibly do the wrong thing. So don't let me hear you talk like that. Because the Lord made a mistake of making me a pastor one time. God doesn't make a mistake, so I'm joking. And I know how much you need to stand behind the pastor, and I need to stand behind the pastor. But God is able. Not only is he able to do more than we can ask or think in this church, but you know what? That's a personal thing as well. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think in your own life. In the life of your family. God can do more with your children than you have dreams for. Oh, I have some pretty big dreams. See God do great things. But God can do more than I can ever ask or think. I am humbled at the fact that God would use me to do anything. But he's able to do more than I can even ask or think in my own life. You see, he supplies to the uttermost. Well, we need this and we need that. Well, God is able. The psalmist David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I'm at that middle age, Brother Cruz. To the young people, I'm old. And to the old people, I'm young. But I can say this morning that I've been young, and now I'm older. And I'll have to agree with David, and by the way, with the Holy Spirit of God, who said, I've never, I have never one time seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I think we could line up this morning across the front and tell that none of us are begging bread. I meant that to be funny. But when you have to tell somebody it's funny, it's not funny. I've learned enough to know that. I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I've, as I've said before, I've grown up in church and I've read that verse of scripture a hundred times at least, probably thousands of times, if I'm honest. And every time I read that, my mind goes... Well, the Bible says that Jesus owns the cattle, or God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
and God owns all the gold and all the silver and all the world, and my mind goes to earthly things. But that's not what that verse is saying. You know what? If all the money in this world dried up, and all the gold and all the silver in this world melted and was done away with, my God could still supply all of my need by His riches and glory, in glory, in glory, by Christ Jesus. There's never a time when my needs cannot be fulfilled because I serve the, the eternal God of heaven who owns everything, who's the creator of everything, who is pre-existent to this world and he'll be existent after this world when all the elements are melt with a fervent heat, he'll still be God. And he's the one that supplies my needs. Not the monetary system in this world. So why don't we stop depending on earthly things and depend on the one who's able to supply us to the uttermost? Because he loves us to the uttermost. And lastly, I'll say, say this, and this will be a little bit briefer point. I don't know if briefer is a word, but we'll use it this morning. Because we are loved to the uttermost, as Christians, we are satisfied to the uttermost. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, and verse number 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This morning, you do not have to live under the circumstances. You do not have to be oppressed and depressed by the actions of other in this world. You do not have to be oppressed, depressed because of the situation that you find yourself in this morning. Because there's a God in heaven who loves you. And his love for you will never end. And he satisfies us to the uttermost. When we make him the focus and we realize the truth of the song that we sing, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. Oh, all I need. I don't need anything else but the Lord Jesus Christ. And you walk in fellowship with him and you spend time in his word and you spend time humbling yourself before him and saying, Lord, I need you today. Help me today to make it through to, so that I can live a holy life pleasing to you. Lord, I need you. Then he comes alongside of us and he puts his arm around us and he satisfies our hungering soul and he satisfies our weary soul. And he's the one, the only one that can give us the satisfaction that we need in our life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he satisfies us to the uttermost. That's why Paul and Silas at midnight, and they're sitting there in the jail. They're in a dungeon. They're bound uh, there for serving the Lord. They can sing songs of praise to the God of heaven because it was God that came alongside of them and reminded them that he loved them and he cared about them and he satisfied them even in the dungeon. This morning, it does not matter where you are. You can't get outside the love of God. Because he loves you to the uttermost. There's a song our choir sings as an opener. 
I'm saved to the uttermost. I know that I am washed in the blood of the precious Lamb. Through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Ghost, I'm saved to the uttermost. This morning, let me remind you, I'm loved to the uttermost. I know that I am washed in the blood of the precious Lamb. Through the Father, through the Son, and through the Holy Ghost, I'm loved to the uttermost. This morning, if you've never received the love of Jesus Christ. Today is the day that you can experience the greatest love that there, ever, that there exists. The love of Jesus Christ who loves you to the uttermost. And dear Christian, if you're here this morning and you've allowed life to get you down, remember you're saved to the uttermost. You're secured to the uttermost. You're supplied to the uttermost. And you're satisfied to the uttermost. But only through Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this morning your word.